Blog Talk Radio. of Archivist Vets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls' perspective. I am the head hauntress, and uh, we're going to go right into this bitch tonight. Uh, yeah, why, why am I playing Game of Thrones on off-season? Well, we actually have never done a Game of Thrones show on, this, on Archivist Vets on Sexy Witches, which is kind of interesting. Uh, we, uh, even though I have coincided my first episode I've ever did with the premiere of it, we didn't actually talk about Game of Thrones. But tonight isn't really about Game of Thrones. Tonight is actually about fandom at its neatest, its sexiest, and its awesomest. And then what are we talking about? We're talking about nerd-lesque. Nerd-lesque, what is that? We'll talk about that in just a minute. So first let me bring on my guest host and my sexy witches and go right into it. So... Her sexy witch, she's from, and she just arrived, Clifton Forge, Virginia. Welcome to the show, Erin Marie, the sexy porn witch. How you doing, girl? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing real good. How are you? Oh, I'm glad, fine. I'm glad you made it on at the last minute. We were getting kind of nervous about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't getting any, like, messenger pop-ups or anything, and, and uh, you sound like you should be drinking, like, some honey and tea, maybe? Oh, I'm sick. I'm definitely under the weather tonight, but the show must go on. So, and let me bring on that other sexy witch. Uh, well, in Portland, Oregon, but then she packed up and then moved to Seattle. My girl, Queenie Todd, the demon blogger, and look for her stuff on YouTube and on her blog channels. How you doing, my sexy werewolf? Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty good. I'm really glad. So glad to have you on tonight. And I know this is a subject you actually know quite a bit about. And I'm really glad you're on with me to do this show, subject tonight. So uh, it's going to be well, so much fun. Me. Yep. Last but not least is, is our guest host tonight. And um, he's from Lowell, Massachusetts. And I have worked with his uh, colleague, uh, Mike Darwin on the Dark Discussions podcast, and he also is the host of You Know Nothing, John Th- Snow, a Game mm-hmm. of Th- uh, Thrones podcast. So I thought he'd be an excellent guest host for tonight's subject. Please welcome to the show, Philip Perrin. How are you doing, sir? Hi, how are you? I'm Phil, and uh, thank you for having me on. Well, thank you, and always love your show. And we'll talk about your show a little bit later in detail, what you did, what you're about to do, and things like that. But I figured you, well, let's get right into our talk. 
and bring on our guest tonight. And I'm really, really pleased to have these ladies on. I walked into exactly one cosplay event during the entire AwesomeCon this year. And if you want to go back on, look our AwesomeCon interview up with Steve Anderson, please do so. There's also a recap I did earlier in May and June. Uh, but uh, I, I just kind of randomly walked into it because uh, my girl, Queenie Todd, went to a Nerdlesque show, which was horror-themed, at Emerald City Con- uh, Comic Con in Seattle. So I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And I saw these uh, four ladies and a gentleman up on stage, and two of them agreed to be on the show. They are awesome. And these ladies that agreed to be on the show also do the – they do the Burlesque is Coming, which is a tour of Game of Thrones. So please welcome to the show, and they can explain what that is, Moxie LaBush and Sherry Sweetbottoms. Thank you for being on the Sexy Witches, ladies. Well, thank you so much for having us. Oh, I'm so glad. Now, Sherry was there. Is she still there? It's, uh, it's not Cherie. Cherie, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sick today. <laughs> Excuse me. I lost the number and they dropped. So who's all here with me? Cherie's on. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Moxie's you. Moxie's still and here. Moxie, are you? Oh, fabulous. Sorry about that. Uh, you'll have to excuse. This show has the cheapest, worst sound ever. But I kind of like it. It's kind of punk. So uh, It's okay. So welcome to... We're used to a shoestring budget. Oh, it, it's That's what we have. Budgets. And, uh, well, so for, first of all, I want to welcome you both ladies on for the Sexy Witches. And uh, you've heard my intros. And so... Nerdlesque is something that I was introduced to a few years ago from the Washington Fringe Festival in D.C. I won free tickets to a Kubrick show, and it was a strip tease of every Kubrick movie with a loose-themed storyline threading all of the dance numbers. And so I've always I've been kind of fascinated with this new up-and-coming type of burlesque show that uh, – and. Uh, you guys seem to be on the cutting edge of it. So please, can you talk about Nerdlesque and not just Nerdlesque, and we'll talk about your tour as well, but as a rule, what is Nerdlesque and why should we be interested in this? And either one of you can take this. Uh, I'll hop on first, Sheree, if you don't mind. Um, a person can be a nerd for just about anything. You can be a sci-fi nerd or you can be a science nerd. Uh, you know, nerddom is anything that you have great passion for. And when you begin to perform burlesque, your brain will turn everything that you see, hear, smell, experience into a new burlesque routine. So it's just natural that these two parts of your brain, two parts of your personality should get together and you want to, you know, share the love you have for your nerddom with your fellow nerds in the form of taking your clothes off. Fabulous. And um, so uh, you didn't take your clothes off at the Awesome Con uh, panel. By the way, there's a fl- slideshow of, of a shot of you guys up there. But you did wear your costumes, and you were talking about the different types of burlesque and, and nerdlesque. And so we had people up there doing nerdlesque of Disney princesses. They were talking about, uh, and of course, the, the, what we're here tonight to talk about is your tour, Burlesque is Coming, the Game of Thrones burlesque show. And so you just kind of came up, what made you decide to say, hey, Game of Thrones, we're, not only am I going to do a piece, but we're going to produce an entire show and go on tour with it, besides the popularity of the show. Do you actually like the show itself? Did you, did, did it make, oh, yes, uh, what absolutely. Absolutely. 
it, it actually began with a sock, believe it or not. Um, my my husband, who performs under the name Dante the Inferno, and I were watching our favorite TV show, and he was playing around with taking his socks off with his toes and trying to slingshot them across the room, you know, like a grown adult does. Um, and uh, we were so enamored of him, like, you have to work that into a routine. And since we're watching our favorite show, we're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could do it some kind of Game of Thrones? But socks don't feature very very prominently in Game of Thrones. And then he had the idea to be Mr. George R. R. Martin himself. Um, that was two years ago. And we started making uh, the first show here in our hometown of Richmond. Uh, my co-producer at the time, Bella LeBlanc, is from D.C. She wanted to do a D.C. date. And I said, hey, if we're doing two, we might as well do nine. Uh, so we had nine shows in six cities the first year, 20-odd um, shows the second year. And here in our third year, we've got about 25, 26 shows. Uh, we're about halfway through the tour right now. And congratulations on that. I know that you're about Thank to you. play Atlanta, I believe. And uh, yeah. uh, so go ahead. I was going to say, um, we're actually on Saturday begins what we call the long haul part of the tour. August was three-day weekends where we went mostly into the Northeast because uh, we have to come home for one of those um, jobs. We have to come home for our jobs and our children and things. Um, but starting this Saturday is the long haul where we play a different city each night on our way out to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we will perform for three nights in Jean Cocteau Cinema, the theater that is owned by Mr. Martin himself. And then we tour our way home again. How did George R. R. Martin learn about you guys? Well, actually, it was my aforementioned uh, former co-producer, Bella LeBlanc, was performing at NorwestCon in Seattle. Um, it was specifically a, a Game of Thrones and Aces-themed uh, show that Violet DeVille organized, and Mr. Martin was there doing panels, and he came in to watch the show. He saw her do her uh, Melisandre routine and asked to speak to her afterwards. She told him about the first tour that we had done and how we planned to do it again. And he gave us his official blessing and invited us out to his theater. And and, and now you are uh, <laughs> yeah, officially approved Game of Thrones Burlesque Touring Company. And that is so fabulous. Yes. And I, I want to bring this to Cherie because she's actually a performer in this because uh, you produce this and perform. But she's one of she's been, she's been performing around the area for a while. I've actually seen her name pop up quite a bit. I wanted to ask you because your go-to is Liza. Is it not from, from the Erie? Isn't that the one you usually dress as when you are on – doing Game of Thrones promotional tours? Oh, no, no, no. I'm Liana Stark. That's like my, oh. my actress. It's kind of oh, my my known one. Oh, Liana Stark. Um, my, I, 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 my brain is messed up. You'll have to excuse me. Believe it or not, I do have extensive notes. <laughs> so, uh, so, Liana. No, like being but, uh, I do funny things to your brain. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. Uh, so, uh, so you do Liana Stark, and um, and so ha when Moxie approached you about doing this show, uh, you were you just immediately on board for this? Like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Or, uh, and what is your what is your performance like? How did you what do you do, and how did you develop it? Uh, well, I've been performing in burlesque since 2011, and I'm a big nerd of all kinds of things from way back, um, but particularly Joss Whedon. So I've been performing and producing that stuff around D.C. for a while. Um, and, of course, Game of Thrones is 
is something I'm also really into. So when the opportunity came up to uh, to be part of Burlesque's coming, I was all over it. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And oh, yeah, give, about give me a part. I'll do it. What's that? <laughs> I said, give me a part, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, that's definitely, a, if you're given that opportunity, you go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then so after kind of thinking about what I wanted to do and the character I was drawn to, I, I started thinking about the fan theory R plus L equals J, which is of course Rhaegar plus Lyanna equals Jon Snow. And I was like, oh, I want to do I want to do that in an act somehow. So that's how my Lyanna Stark act came into existence. And if I can and, say one word on uh, Cherie's act, Cherie has the amazing ability to blend heart-wrenching drama and absurd comedy and then bring you right back to heart-wrenching drama again seamlessly and it all works and it is amazing and Cherie tell them what your other act this year is oh yeah uh, my other act it's, it's something I like to call disco septa um, so last year on the tour it ended up not working out for me to do two acts because of the number of acts that were already in the show um, so I I was, as my, my second role in the show, I was a, what's called a stage kitten, which is sort of the person who picks up all of the clothes after the act and sets up the next act and interacts with the host and does a funny bit. And I was doing that as Septa Unella last year, you know, carrying around a bell and shaming everyone, chasing Cersei <laughs> off stage. And so, and so I kind of wanted to go farther with that. And so I created my, my Septa Unella act for this year where, you know, it starts out with shame, shame and the bell and everything. And then it goes into a disco song called Shame by an artist named Evelyn Champagne King. And then uh, I'm not sure if I should give away the twist at the end of the act. What do you think, Moxie? I think they'll still love it. I think it'll make people want to see it even more. Yes, uh, I think uh, so too. Yeah, so, I'm curious. Uh, I strip out of the septic costume. I've got this disco dress on. And then underneath that, I have like a caged bodysuit with a seven-pointed star on it. And then I pull out a flogger made of blonde braids supposed to be Cersei's hair. Yes, I, I didn't even get that. I thought it was just gold colored. That's amazing. That you're, you're even more amazing. You're even more amazing than I realized. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm friggin' Cersei this year, and I didn't even get it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm flogging myself with Cersei's hair to uh, S&M by Rihanna at that point. Ah, oh, nice. So, and Moxie, you, yeah, you said you do your Cersei. I saw pictures. You're doing Cersei this year. Yes, I'm doing Cersei. Uh, Dante the Inferno is Jamie in my duet number. He also has a solo as uh, Jock and Hagar. Um, he and I are just loving the hell out of our duet, which shows most of the character arcs for both, both Jamie and Cersei. And it's a funny act because despite the fact that it's not a funny act, people laugh the whole time, and I've just come to accept that. Uh, well, I think it has to do with the with the whole brother sister thing. I'm I'm yeah. sure that's yeah. where the giggles are coming from. So, um, yeah. so let me ask you this. And Phil, he's he's our hardcore Game of Thrones nerd. When something like a major plot point happens on the show, does it actually affect your dance numbers? Like all of a sudden they say, "Oh, by the way, this 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 happened," and I'm like, "Oh shoot, I gotta rewrite my show at the last minute." Does that ever happen? We do naturally update the routines as the, the TV show has progressed, but we don't feel pressure to. It's not like, okay, everything this year has to be season six. 
not not the case. You'll see a lot of season six and season five in this year's show as opposed to last year or the year before, but it's not as much a, a compulsion that we're trying to, we're not trying to retell the whole show. We never could. Who's got that kind of time? Well, apparently neither does George R. R. Martin. So, yeah, nobody does. So I, I also wanted to mention a shout-out to your husband, Dante's Inferno, because he was mentioning his George R. R. Martin dance number, which ended with him procrastinating, writing the book, and doing a trampoline. And I think that is just totally brilliant. Yeah. So, that, yeah, was his, so that was his year two number. Um, you can see both <laughs> of his uh, George R. R. Martin routines on our Vimeo, vimeo.com slash blacklist for less. Just go into albums. Uh, and you can see both of uh, the previous year's Game of Thrones. Because the first year he did George Martin sitting in an office chair with a chessboard. And he's throwing chess pieces left and right to symbolize thro- uh, killing off characters. And he strips without ever getting out of the desk chair that he's just rolling back and forth across the stage, having entirely too much fun and scaring <laughs> me half to death the whole time. Um, the second year, it was based on something from like Jimmy Fallon or one of the late night shows. Like, we cut now to George R. R. Martin working on the book, and it's just him bouncing on a backyard trampoline. So we got one of those little jogging trampolines, like, you know, leg warmer types would use. And so yeah. he did his strip bouncing on the trampoline, um, and then he fakes a heart attack just to, <laughs> to fake, out, fake out the audience. So he's like, oh, no, I'm fine. Uh, and he actually did that routine in front of Mr. Martin. He's got a big padded belly, the beard, the fisherman's cap and everything. You want to talk about being friggin' nervous. He had, to, he had to lovingly make fun of someone in front of them. And uh, thankfully, Mr. Martin liked it, at least as much of it as he saw. He didn't stay for our entire performance. So it was a big relief for, uh, for the Inferno there. Well, I'm sure, you know, Mr. That's Martin incredible. seems to get it. So I'm so glad he saw it. You know, actually, that, that's like a total bucket list item. Wow. I mean, that's really amazing. Uh, yeah, so, it's, um, it's nerd cred like you can't buy. So I have to ask, and this is on behalf of Philip, his favorite character in the whole show from the beginning. So I give him credit for that because a lot of people hated her in the beginning. I was never a, a Sansa hater. I always thought she was just a 14-year-old girl that got stuck in a really shitty situation. Um, but she really loves Sansa. So does anybody do a Sansa number on the show? The core cast does not have a Sansa, but we have actually were joined for a few dates by uh, Noel Rain from uh, Schenectady, New York, I just like saying that, Schenectady, who does an amazing, uh, what I call Player 2 Sansa, when she comes out in that black outfit with the feathery epaulets, and it's like, Player 2 has entered the game. Uh, so we did have Noel doing a Sansa, and I, oh, uh, no, wait, that shouldn't happen, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I've only got 25 shows with 25 guest stars to keep track of at any one given time. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Uh, so we got so you don't do Zanza in the repertoire yet. Is there any characters that you or Charade have not done on the on as either personally or you've seen other people do that you'd like to do on your show? There are so many characters in that world. We would never get to all of them. Just think about how many characters didn't make the leap from the books to the show, you know. And then we have to pare uh, it down even further to fit it in our show. It usually, uh, the character selection usually arises from an affinity for a particular character or an interest in a particular event in the show. Uh, or sometimes it's just like a song choice. Uh, my routine with Dante, we do it to Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys soundtrack. If you haven't watched the movie recently, go back and watch it. Um, oh, yeah. But we were originally going to do Stone Sour's 
uh, Love Spreads, the song that goes, the Messiah is my sister, ain't no king man, she's my queen. Um, so it was actually that song that launched us into doing these particular characters. So the inspiration can come from anywhere, and I'd love to be doing this long enough to go through all of the characters, but I would not live to see the end of that. Well, but I'm sure there's somebody on your list that's, like, very high up that you haven't done, and you're like, I really got to write this show at mm-hmm. some point. Like, you know, like, I saw you talking about doing a, a, a what's your name, Queen of the Era, mm-hmm. Eerie, and Robert, yeah, that, and her son, Robert. Robin, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, yeah, I yeah, had the thought, has anybody, has anybody thought to do Liza Aaron to the song Milkshake? Uh, thank God someone has. There's actually, if I can find that, that status of mine, somebody posted the video of the performer who did that. Uh, oh. Our beautiful and twisted minds all throughout the burlesque community, and it bears noting we are by far, by far not the only uh, Song of Fire and Ice tribute show. I'm, I'm legally blocked from actually saying the G-O-T, because um, <laughs> lawyers and shit. Um, but uh-huh. we, are, we are far from being the only tribute show. We, we just tripped and landed in butter by getting... Uh, Mr. Martin's endorsement. Uh, I, I know that Queenie, when she went to Emerald City Comic Con, uh, went to a, a nerdlesque show. And uh, Queenie, oh, do you really, have I any want... questions, or or would you like to tell oh, them your favorite one? It was oh, was it Crypticon? Yeah, oh my God! Like you know what? I, I I really need to get some drugs that make me feel better. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I'm really it's sick okay. tonight. It's okay. Uh, so, Oh, good. Uh, Crypticon, yeah. Crypticon Seattle. Sorry, Crypticon. Yeah. They gave us press passes, so I should really get it right. <clears throat> uh, but uh, tell them about the face hugger thing. Because oh, that, that you told so that good. story on the show, but they would love this. Tell them about the face oh, hugger. Oh, man. So these two very attractive ladies come up, and one is dressed as the predator, and one is dressed as alien. And they look adorable, and they're wearing, like, these little pasties. And the alien is wearing, like, little um, face hugger pasties. And she takes her pasty and attacks the predator with it. And then there's, like, this whole scene of them fighting and ripping each other's clothes off and just all violent. And then we have a pregnant predator. And they just go all the way with the predator and the alien falling in love, making out, doing mock sex, and then, like, attacking each other with their wardrobe. And the alien has a huge tail, so she's whacking her with the tail when they're fighting and then, like, coiling it around her when they're making love. And it's just, like, it's amazing. It blew my mind. I was like, I didn't know you can get pasties that were face hunkers. Well, you probably didn't get them. They probably made them. Um, Burlesquers make, like, 95% of our stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, Those costumes are all homemade. Oh, they're just beautiful. And, and that's why I thought it was awesome, because going to the cosplay, you know, they were in the cosplay room, which all they were, like, the ones before them were wigs and stuff. And people don't realize these guys put as much money, if not more so money, into their, their numbers than, than the average cosplayer. I mean, granted, there's a monetary oh, yeah. incentive to get it right, but I, it's a real passion thing for a lot of nerdlesks to get it exactly right. Uh, you yeah, know, we're definitely not doing this for the money. No, well, the challenge, the challenge okay. with costuming nerdlesque and what makes it different from cosplay is not only do you want it to be true to the character, but you also have to be able to take it off or put it on on stage if you're doing a reverse strip. 
and you have to be able to comply with whatever laws are applicable to the area you're taking your clothes off in. Um, for example, in some states, you can't show underboob or, or you have to have like a, a certain width across your butt or stuff like that. And um, also you have to live up to burlesque expectations of sparkle. So. <laughs> so, so, but there's also, I, I wanted to, Cherie, I also wanted to mention that you also were a part of another thing in D.C. First of all, I did plug your Josh Whedon show, and someday I am totally going to go, because I, I think that's awesome. I'm a huge Josh Whedon nerd. But I also know that you sometimes do, um, in D.C., uh, Naked Girls Reading, which is another show that happens in this area. And uh, would you want to, and, and it's such a D.C. thing like reading books. <laughs> so uh, you want to talk about that a little bit too, because I, I want people to know that this exists. Sure. Um, Naked Girls Reading started in Chicago. Um, our our flagship uh, sort of troupe of that is in Chicago. It was started by Michelle Lamore of Michelle Lamore and the Chicago Starlets and her husband, Frankie Vivid. And I, I think Michelle was just, you know, reading to him naked in bed one day, and, and he said, you know, this would be a great show, Naked Girls Reading. And so it started in Chicago, and there are franchises actually all over the world, and we are we're the D.C. franchise. Uh, our producer, Cherokee Rose, came here from Chicago, where she performed with Michelle Lamore and the Chicago Starlet. And so there are, including Cherokee, there are four of us who are D.C.'s official Naked Girls, and it's me, um, Cherokee, Alice Darling, who is not a burlesque performer. She's brilliant, hilarious. And Gigi Holiday, who is a, a local burlesque performer also. And then we have uh, a different guests um, on our, at our shows. We perform every month except February. February has been our cursed month, so we no longer do a show in February. But every other month <laughs> you can find us at the DC Arts Center reading naked. And having a lot of fun doing it. That's just awesome. And and, and go back to Moxie. Uh, Moxie, uh, so yeah. your show's on the long haul, and um, and you'll be done with this tour. I would assume you're going to do it again next year as well. You can assume anything you want, right? I hope so. <laughs> I want. To, I gotta go see you. I well, know you're coming to Baltimore um, to the audience. Yes, we are actually we're actually concluding. We're concluding the tour uh, at the Auto Bar where we sold out last year. So people got turned away at the door. We were only the second burlesque show ever to sell out the Auto Bar. And we have last year's momentum to build from. Uh, that show will also have special guest and just God's gift to all of us, Fair Anatomy, uh, who will be playing uh, Oberyn Martell and The Mountain, which is what's funny is his mountain routine is cannibal. Uh, <laughs> I'd ask him to fill in one of our shows in short notice. I was like, here, take my old routine. So the, uh, the sword and the armor and the props that you see when he's doing the mountain actually belongs to me originally. He's like six foot and some odd freaking GI Joe looking guy. I'm five foot nothing, which was the joke when I did the mountain, but uh, bear anatomy alone is worth the price of admission. Not that everybody else is not great, but if y'all seen it, you know. understand, <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I will go ahead. I will say here officially that, um, the 2016 tour is the the third and final tour. I think we've all done what, done what we've set out to do. So if you've been wanting to see it, don't dawdle. Don't wait. Find where we are uh, as close to you as possible because we will be in Asheville, North Carolina, Atlanta, Chattanooga, Memphis, Dallas, El Paso, Santa Fe, 
Denver, Kansas City, St. Louis, Louisville. I've got a phone call with a venue in Columbus tonight because I lost three venues last week, Joy. Um, and then Pittsburgh and then the grand finale on Sunday the 25th at the Auto Bar. Well, that's fabulous. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. Before we let you go, does any of my sexy witches or Phil, do you have any specific questions you want to ask my ladies before they leave? I would like to know if there is, like, a sand snake routine. Oh, yes, we have one of those. Oh, uh, Miss Miss Mina Corbeau is doing a contortion routine as ah. sort of an sort of an amalgam of the sand snakes, um, and she does it with two prop Chris blades, and it just brings the house down every time. It's amazing. She's also our uh, Daenerys this year. Ah, nice. So, uh, what about you, Phil? Do you have any questions? Um, yeah, I was just curious. Um, uh, how many people are total in your act, and do each of you uh, play uh, either gender of the characters? There is a, a fair amount of gender bending to the show. For example, uh, Bella LeBlanc is playing Jon Snow this year. Um, not a ton in every show. It varies depending on who our uh, special guest at that particular event is. But gender bending, gender swapping, um, is right at home in burlesque, and you will see a lot of it when you uh, take in burlesque shows. I think this is one of the well, few blacklists where I'm not in drag. Usually I am. <laughs> well, and well you sorry, have, I let you, you down. Pe- you've had we- females and males both play Cal Drogo on your show, so I, I knew that exists. But, uh, well, actually, so- actually the, uh, where there was a female Cal Drogo was, uh, are you referring to Stark Naked in Philadelphia? I think so, yeah. Okay, that I was actually so. um, Liberty Rose and Francis Minotti's show. That's right. Uh, w- wonderful show. We went out, we drove all the way up there to see it, uh, not affiliated with ours, but like I said, we are by no means the only tribute show there was. And that was actually Maki Roll, who was on the Nerdless panel with us. Yes, I, she very much was so. And she was also uh, one of the few uh, get cosplayers that was actually at the show to sign autographs. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so... Uh, besides Game of Thrones, what do you and Cherie have coming up? And uh, once again, thank you guys for coming and talking about your show. I've been so excited, and I'm going to try to definitely catch you at the Autobar. I have it marked down and everything. And for other people listening, if you want to go to their Burlesque is Coming Facebook page and click on their events, they have every single event listed up through Autobar. So make sure that you go to their thing, listen, look at their tour, go support your ladies that love nerdy stuff and geekery and fandom just like the rest of us so us geek girls are always happy to have geek girls so what's going on with you guys and um go ahead take it away so Cherie, you do your plugs first yeah go ahead all right plugs, well, plugs. well uh let me just say that i keep well i usually keep my gigs updated on my website houseofsweetbottom.com i think it's a little outdated now i should do that tonight um but <laughs> Other than that, the next things you can find me at after the tour, I will be on the Black Cat main stage with Baltimore's Gilded Lily Burlesque for Pour Some Glitter On Me, which is a burlesque hair metal show. Um, that will be October 1st at Black Cat. And then nice. I will be back. What's that? I said nice. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm supporting. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> Naked Girls Reading, we have our annual Naked Ghouls Reading show in October, which will be on October 21st at DC Arts Center. I'll be back at Black Cat for Johnny Graves Halloween Circus 
on the 28th. I will be at Beer Baron for Monster Movie Double Feature, which um, Basil LeBlanc and Xander Lovecraft, who are in the Burlesque is Coming Tour, are also in that show. And Alan Ride also, I think, is in that show. He's part of Burlesque is Coming. And then on uh, October 30th, I will be part of a Rocky Horror Picture Show brunch at Beer Baron. I'll be playing Frankenfurter. Of course you nice. will. Her Frank, her Frank, no, her Frankenfurter is amazing. Her Frankenfurter is amazing. And thank you for reminding me. I forgot duh, the, gen, the other gender band we have on the core cast. Uh, Alan Terrell is playing Marjorie. And I, his act of all of them, and of course I love all my children equally, his was the one that most it made made a light go off in my head that said, I really hope Mr. Martin sees this one. Because um without giving too much away, in the Marjorie Act, he has a different puppet for each of her husbands. Because she went through a lot of them. That's, but so, that's really cool. Again, again, I, that I, act I, alone worth the price of admission. Oh, I, I, Right, and and you yourself, besides burlesque is coming, which I obviously is going to take most yep. of your time. Do you have other things set up beside uh, in the future that we can see you at? Absolutely, folks in the Richmond area can see our uh, non-themed monthly show, Brews and Burlesque, on the second Friday of the month at Strange Ways Brewing. Uh, you can also catch our next big show at Dominion Arts Center, formerly Richmond Center Stage, on November the twelfth. Uh, a Spark of Madness, a burlesque and variety tribute to Robin Williams. This is being co-produced. <clears throat> my throat. Co-produced by our MC. Hold on a second, I got to hold. <laughs> there we go. Uh, co-produced. That's my world. Yeah, co-produced so. by our uh, MC, the Godfather of Richmond comedy, Ray Bullock. This is his passion project. He's actually been working on it since last November. Uh, so I think you'll definitely laugh and cry and laugh again with us. And then in uh, January, uh, I don't have the date in front of me, this, oh, the 14th, January 14th, will be a burlesque tribute to Queen. Nice. Well, oh. ladies, it sounds like I am so excited that you guys have all this stuff ahead of you. And uh, and Nerdlesque is definitely something that I kind of was on my radar, but now it's definitely on my radar. And I will definitely want to talk up you guys and all Nerdlesque in the entire United States as a part of one of the cooler, more interesting parts of fandom to arrive in the last few years. So thank you, ladies, for being on the second Thank you. Pitches. And you're welcome to come on and plug at any time, and I'll make sure, once again, if you want to find out about their uh, the Burlesque is Coming tour, go to Facebook and go to the Burlesque is Coming page, and there's the event list is all there. And it's worth, we, we do also and have a uh, website. And they have a website. We do also, and then, oh, yeah, you go to, go to Burlesque is Coming for both a map and a calendar to find your nearest show most quickly. And go to their Vimeo channel, and you can see some of their earlier stuff and see what you're in for. So uh, thank you again, ladies, and you have an excellent evening. And once again, thank you for being on the Sexy Witches. All right. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to I, – I, I sometimes can drop them, sometimes I can't. <laughs> we'll try to drop. You'll have to hang up. All right, one taller drop. Thank you again. That was Moxie, Labush, and Cherie Sweetbottom. They are from the um, uh, Burlesque is Coming Tour, the officially approved George R. R. Martin Burlesque Company. It might be their last year, so, guys, if you want to do this, you got to go see it now. So, um and ladies and gentlemen, we all here. So who do we have on the line right now? Uh, I've got sexy witch, porn witch Erin, right? 
Yes. And then we have my sexy queenie Todd Werewitch, right? Woof woof. Woof woof. So and woof, Phil, woof. you're still there? Oh yeah, I'm still there. And I have somebody else from the five four zero um uh area code that's been creeping. Who is that? Hello? Five three three. Oh, that's Sheree. Yeah, Sheree is creepy. Oh, Sheree, you're creepy. If you want to listen, you're welcome to stay on. I I have no issues with that whatsoever. Uh, We're going to go into more of a general nerd talk, but you're welcome to stay on. Top of our list is actually a little gossip. Um, We're going to have a little bit of free-for-all because this is the fall preview. Uh, And I wanted to mention something really funny. Oh, yeah, so we'll talk about that. But first things first, uh, two things. One, we cannot – cannot go on without mentioning the passing of Gene Wilder. Uh, you know, every single one of us, I'm sure, on the show has had some kind of connection to Gene Wilder. I loved him. I grew up with him. You know, I was, I'm was i a 70s girl, so I definitely, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein and Willy Wonka were definitely parts of my life. So uh, how does every, uh, I know everyone's pretty sad about that. He was 83, but I, I was really surprised. Uh, did anybody in this group know about the Alzheimer's diagnosis? I nope. think I remember hearing it at some point. I don't I know if it was on a talk show a couple of years ago or what. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because, like, he kind of dropped off the radar. And, you know, it's always amazing to me. We've had three surprise deaths where someone's had a chronic illness and then they died just without letting anybody know. In this day and age, I actually give them a lot of credit for that because with social media, one, one like, slip and everybody knows. So, uh, you know, so that they're keeping their medical stuff private, I totally honor that. But it is really, really sad. Now, he was 83, so he wasn't young. But, you know, Gene Wilder will never be replaced. And, you know, hopefully – he will, you know, uh, hopefully his uh, movies will live on. Uh, there was a screening over the weekend of Blazing Saddles and Willy Wonka. Um, and uh, my friend, actually, and um, Will Kepner in Philadelphia is going to have a special screening. So if you want one more chance to see Willy Wonka before, um, on, the, on the 9th, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is going to play at the Cinemug in Philadelphia for free if you bring your own alcohol. So make sure you go to go see Willy Wonka one more time and give a tribute. But anyway, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about fall previews. So give me just a second. Get my notes. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land, the common clay of the New West. You know, morons. <laughs> So anyway, I'm back. Um, so I have some news before we go into the calendar tonight. Um, uh, first of all, I wanted to mention something kind of silly. But like I said, it's on the rumor mill. Um, we don't talk of gossip on the show very much. But I did want to say that Taylor Swift and Tom Hiddleston officially called it quits this afternoon. So uh, publicly. So, uh, and the nerd world rejoices. I have, uh, we still don't know why this actually happened. I'm still leaning towards what the rumor said that it was actually for a movie, which would kind of make sense. Maybe it's like for an entourage sequel, who knows, uh, you know, so, uh, 
Uh, it was definitely an odd couple, but I mean, they're both beautiful and tall. So, I mean, that works out too. But uh, so, so I just wanted to mention now, and also yesterday, Indiana Jones 5 was greenlit with Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg on board. So um, how do we all feel about that? I'm excited because Indiana Jones is my favorite. Phil, what about you? Go ahead, Queenie. It can't be worse than Crystal Skull. (laughs) Right? Right. There you go. If they can be better than Crystal Skull, I'm with you. Exactly. Here it is. We still have this whole thing with Carl Urban and The Secret, and I'm starting to think he might be in the indie film because I've noticed all of a sudden he dropped out of the media convention that he was supposed to be part of this weekend for a surprise part. So I wonder if he actually he landed it. I wonder if he actually got the part. So I'm. You know, Carl Urban all through Awesome Con was mentioning that he had big role. I know it wasn't Dread. He mentioned Dread too, and all this other stuff. But he had this one role in particular he wasn't allowed to talk about. And we were all leaning towards Indiana Jones. Uh, so we'll see if, what, if, it's, if it's true or not. So, um, and I have some madness to talk about before we get into the calendar. Phil, let me tell you about the madness because you don't know anything about the madness, do you? I do not. Okay. I have a contest I've been doing for nine years, and both of these women have judged or have been uh, a contestant. It's called the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, a.k.a. the Madness. Nine years in the running. It's a social media film scavenger hunt with rules, and uh, we'll talk about the rules themselves in our next episode on September 20th. I'm actually going to read it. But right now I wanted to remind people that we're in the middle of a contest. And it's good for anybody that's either going to be part of the Madness Contest this October or if you're just part of the Madness group. So join the Madness group. You can join this contest. It's very simple. It's a selfie contest. So the rules are, starting now till the end of October 1st at midnight, you can enter the contest at any time before that point, okay? You either must take a selfie or a self-portrait of you as a circus clown or mime. You must use a selfie as your Facebook profile until at least October 2nd to be eligible, okay, because we're going to vote on October 2nd. So even though we cut off, make sure you keep it on your profile until the 2nd. Um, and then you cannot change your photo until the 2nd. So, and then it can, what kind of selfie? It can be a photograph. It can be an artistic rendering. You can use makeup, Photoshop, Snapchat, whatever you want to do, but it must be a picture of you as a scary clown. So far, or or as a clown, it doesn't have to be scary. Um, So far, we only have one entrance, so I've had a lot of people that are saying they are going to enter, and I'm allowing Madness judges to compete, because we have judges kind of like the X Factor. They're not really judges like they are in American Idol, but closer to judges in the X Factor, they take a team and they kind of mentor them. And so I'm allowing the judges to compete. What do you win? Not very much, but you do win one of the Madness posters, which are really nice this year. Our theme is Circus of Chlorophobes, which is actually means Circus of Scary Clowns. It's also the first poster this year that we've had a new release officially allow us to be on on our poster um so circus of the dead which is whatever ever so closely inching to distribution um is our unofficial mascot of the madness this year and um and you can win this poster with his likeness and a couple other people and if you're a judge and you win you get to add 25 points to any one person on your team if you're competing in the madness you also get 25 points 
So, so there's I'm that. So, uh, so it gives everybody an incentive. And there may be some more swag attached to it yet. I haven't. Um, like I said, the madness isn't really about swag. It's about movies. I only give away swag. I have a box of swag. I think every geek in the world, Bill, do you have you had the basket of swag at Scares That Cares and at Scaracon, right? The big basket of swag. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so if I have something in the swag bag or swag box that's related, I, I will go ahead and add that to the prize. So. Uh, does anybody have any madness questions? Or actually, let's see. Let's go straight into our fall preview. Uh, so we're getting ready for Halloween. And Miss Cherie, if you're listening, please. What films are we looking forward to this year? Not just in the madness and older films, but any new films we should be looking out for in October. Let's start with Phil. Is there any uh, any movies or um, horror films we should be looking at in the near future? Um, or yeah, you're uh, excited about? Yeah, go ahead, sweetie. Uh, did you ask me? Yeah, I ask, totally asked you. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I, I assume, uh, well, let me, let me talk about uh, two foreign films first. Uh, two Korean films, uh, The Wailing, uh, W-A-I-L-I-N-G, and Train to Busan, um, which is the, a zombie film. And both of them are getting uh, rave reviews. When they will hit the States, I'm not sure. Um, and then I'm sure everybody here knows about uh, the Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard uh, Blair Witch uh, that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, that, that's just three. I, I have a bunch more, but um, to, to start, those are, those were three that I wanted to mention. We we uh, talked about Train to Busan a couple episodes back. Uh, J.K. got to screen it at Fantasia Film Festival, so J.K. of the Horror Happens Radio Show. So we're all all of us, the sexy witches, are looking forward to Train of Busan. And about Aaron, what about you? It doesn't have to be horror. What what films are you looking forward to? And television, you're our television uh, sexy witch. So tell me what shows, fall previews, are you looking forward to? Oh, holy crap. Well, Ash versus Evil Dead, obviously. Scream Queens is oh 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 fucking yes. That's a must. <laughs> um, okay. And I, that's like the million-dollar question. It's better to ask me what I'm not looking forward to. Um, crazy ex-girlfriend. Well, that's not what we're about. We honor things we like, not stuff we don't. So, we, you know. <laughs> um, holy shit. I, I'm most excited, I think, honestly, for American Horror Story and Westworld. HBO coming out with a, a Westworld series excites me like nothing else because Michael Crichton's Westworld from the 70s with Yul Brynner was one of my very first science fiction slash horror introductions when I was like seven years old, and that was terrifying to me. So I want so badly to see what they do with it. And Ed Harris is doing Yul Brynner's part. Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. I hope. Uh, I've got high expectations. <laughs> you know, uh, you know how I feel about killer robots, especially like those kind of killer robots. So exactly. uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it's looking forward to it. Um, Queenie, what about you? And I also know you have another Living Dead convention coming up too. Oh, actually, I don't. That, that convention you folded just... sadly. Did it fold? So yeah. Um, there's. there's... I don't want to talk about the details because I, I, it's not my my thing, you know. But uh-huh. uh, 
I'm really sad because it was a really great convention. It was probably my most fun event at a convention in a long, long time, and I have a lot of fun at cons, but, like, that con was just, there was something special about it. Probably because I worked for the people, you know, who ran the con, so. But, I don't know, I had, like, this indie feel, and I like that, you know, when a baby con is just starting, you know? It has all this hope in the world, all potential. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really sad, but I'm hoping they'll come back. I'm hoping that, you know, in time when they work through all this stuff, they'll they'll come back and try a different thing, you know? I, I, I saw a web – I saw they updated their website, uh, uh, so they are still are, are, are putting information out. Um, I hope well, they come back because, yeah, they were one of the better, smaller ones. But besides the sadness of not having Living Dead convention this fall to go to, what, what on television besides Vikings <laughs> – uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's on my list. It's it's hard when I want to watch a show with my husband because he's so busy, and we have such different schedules that like it's really hard for us to find time to just sit down and do something. We'll get around to it, I I'm mean, sure, because it's an awesome I show. I bought you the first season of the show to make you watch it because once you start watching the show, you, you are. Uh, and the second half of, of Vikings will start, I think, in Sweets Month in November, the second half of the fourth season. I have just finished all four seasons up to the the end of the first half of season four at this point, which are all available on Amazon Prime, if you have that, by the way. Uh, I don't know why more people aren't watching this show. I think this would be, by the way, an awesome thing to do as a nerd-lesque thing because, I mean, it's warrior women and men and tattoos and it's furs and it's just <laughs> I do that at work like that's how I live <laughs> yeah I mean it, it, they're your people I that's why I you, you have you have to watch this show matter of fact I mean okay so two days ago I'm watching a show this is gonna be a spoiler here my favorite one of my favorite actors on the show his name is Alexander Ludwig he's a, a screen he works actually on a lot of uh, uh, horror films he was in both screen, uh, final girl movies the final girl and the final Ooh. girl uh, he's the tall blonde guy that fights Abigail Breslin at the end of um, final girl and uh, oh, okay. he plays B- Bjorn Ironside who's the son of the king Ragnar and okay this character gets attacked by a berserker which by the way First time we've seen a berserker on the show. Badass. Oh, my God. Uh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> but he takes – he, he's out in the wilderness. He takes fish hooks, and he scourges the guy's face, wraps him around a tree, tries to get information. When the guy doesn't give information, he tightens it more, still can't get out. No information because berserkers don't talk. They just say, fuck you, right? Then he takes and he disembowels <laughs> him and pulls out all his intestines. This nice. is a cable show. Okay, I, cool. first of all, it was pretty friggin' gruesome. Like, it was horror-level, movie-level gruesome, which, of course, <laughs> for me, was like, wow. And I'm like, why aren't more people watching this show? I mean, it is better It is better than Game of Thrones. I know that's a lot to say. Uh, it's Whoa. better than, oh, my God, it is so good. And people need to go You're like, anger watch people. this show. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know it's controversial to say it's better than Game of Thrones. But it really is, even though Game of Thrones is pretty good. I mean, obviously, we love Game of Thrones here because we just did the last show on Game of Thrones. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it, is, it is like you have to watch Vikings. So catch up because the new season's coming. Right. That's probably my number one most excited thing to watch. And uh, I don't know about movies. I've been kind of out of the loop. For movies this fall, I haven't really. Is there any big film staring us in the face 
uh, besides the ones that Phil mentioned, Blair Witch Project and a couple mm-hmm. others. Is there any other major, major movie releases? I can't well, think don't, of it. Don't Breathe just came out, and I'm really excited to see that. I mean. I want to see that, too. I, I mean, it looks so good. Oh, and a friend of mine went and saw it, and she said it was amazing. Well, wow. Don't Breathe made a ton of dough over the over the opening weekend. Like, it actually did Love really, really well for a horror film. This has been a really good year on the box office for horror films. Horror films have had one. Nice. You know, even though this year has been overall a mediocre year for film, uh, especially this summer. This summer was meh. Um, horror films have shined. There's been good horror yep. films, and they've been making money. Uh, like I said, uh, th- th- my favorite so far, I still think, is The Invitation this year, which is the L.A. cult movie. Mm-hmm. I really, really yes. good. And good so I highly, highly recommend And And what even more amazing is it's directed by a woman. Uh, the Witch is very much has a lot of women on the above the line uh, so a lot of women are out there making these horror films and they're making money, and I'm really excited to see more of this happen. So support independent horror people. You're doing it. Thank you. Thank you for um, that. Also, so, don't, forget, um, don't forget, The Girl on the Train, which is coming out, is was written by um, a woman and uh, starring Emily Blunt, and it's the woman that wrote it. Uh, I forget her name offhand. Uh, the same woman that wrote uh, Gone Girl. Oh, wow. Ah. Uh, so, Girl on the Train's coming out. Um, let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, what else has we got? So, uh, any Red major Eye. movies in? Red Eye oh? coming. They've just finished the uh, wrap up with Red Eye. Mm-hmm. Red Eye. Uh, it's like these little oh. uh, indie kids got together to make a movie, and everyone just poured support on them, and now they're making awesome horror films, and I really like them. They're great. What? I did a review of the, or not a review, an interview with them on my blog, so you can check them out there. Oh, post it on our. Post it, post it. Yes, please post it. Sure. That's what we're for. Post it. We always support our peoples, right? So. um, Right. I also want to say I'm looking forward to uh, Luke Cage, the uh, Marvel comics Mm -hmm. movie, I mean, TV show that's dropping on Netflix in the next month. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, First of all, the hip hop score that they're doing with it. the guy from the Tribe Called Quest is scoring the show so far. It's badass. It's going to be this badass, gritty, modern, hip-hop, urban fairy tale. And I'm so on board for that. Uh, so it's like The Wire, but with superheroes. So, I mean, come on. What, what is there not to like on that? So I'm, looking, I'm also looking forward to Drunk History. Drunk History this year. Um, Drunk History has an episode where Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton – will be actually getting drunk and narrating the story of Hamilton. And it, it has Aubrey Plaza is going to play Aaron Burr in the sequence. So I am totally on board for that, too. Uh, so um, I absolutely, as an archivist, a lot of archivists don't like drunk history, but as I find it hysterical, oh, my God. I just laugh and I laugh and I laugh. And so the whole season, is we're looking forward to the whole season. And so look for that. That drops in September as well. So I am looking forward to that show. Uh, so there is a few TV i actually looking for. Now that I have Sling Television, I've been watching a little bit more TV. I try to turn on CNN, though, and all it does is have things about Donald Trump, and it just drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm going to keep it or not, because I realized I didn't have that cable for a couple of years now. So I broke down and got mm-hmm. Sling Television so I could watch the Olympics. 
And you know what? I don't really miss it. The only thing that I've, like, caught up with is, like, a show called Geeking Out, which is on AMC with Kevin Smith. And so I've been able to yeah. catch that. But honestly, the TV shows that I've been watching, all of them have been on HBO anyway. It's like John, you know, John Oliver and, you know, things like that. So Vice Principal. I wish I had HBO, but just HBO. Like, that's all I want is just a couple channels. Like, these are the only channels I want. Stop selling me all this crap. <laughs> I don't want anything else. Well, you, you can't. The problem with HBO, though, is that even though the TV shows are excellent, their movie selection isn't really that great. I mean, it, it, nowadays you don't really need it for television, for movies anymore, if you know what I'm saying. But um, I do. <laughs> I've also been – so those are really the main things I've been looking forward to, is especially Luke Cage. I'm really looking forward to that. And someday we'll get that sec- Jessica Jones second season, which who knows when oh. that's going to happen. But we'll get it someday. Uh, so, um, I'm dreaming so really hard. Eight, yeah, so that's really been the fall preview. Uh, I really don't know that much more. There's a lot of uh, the madness is going to take up most of my time. Uh, it always does. And so I'll be up to my eyeballs and scary clowns and dark carnivals this year. Uh, so all team names are in, by the way. So um, I, am, I am Team Malenko, which is uh, based <laughs> on an ICP song. And Queenie, what's your name of your team again? The Killing Joke. The Killing of Team Killing Joke, yes. And you know, the reason why I brought that up, uh, did Go you hear on. that today also Mark Hamill and uh, and uh, who's the other guy? Oh, Robert, uh, Kevin Conroy did a panel to, uh, yes, over the weekend and mentioned that they're probably going to do more Batman movies and they'll be a bit more kid-friendly so people can actually go see these ones with their kids. So, I, you know, more Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy in, in feature-length Batman movies, hell to the fucking yes. I am so on board for that. So, um, so you are team killing joke. And because of that, in your honor, Queenie, officially on the wild card list is Joker, the crown prince of crime. Really? So if you watch... If you watch any film that has the Joker in it, now Batman's usually accepted anyways because of the costuming is related to Halloween in many ways. But Joker is in it. If you see a Joker statue or Joker, you get a point at least for that. So the Joker is the first time I've ever had a fiction fictional character on the wild card list. So um, wow. I have a few this year actually because of the nature of our theme. Uh, Keystone Cops also made it onto the list because they're clowns and I didn't want to miss them. And, you know, they're slapstick humor. So, you know, evil clowns and evil cops, you know, kind of go together. Um, And a few other things. We'll talk about the whole list and the rules itself in two weeks on our September 20th episode where I drop the rules and then you and then the public can join the Halloween horror movie Marathon Madness. So, um, now, uh, Phil. We are about to go into the community calendar, which is when I talk about what's happening across the U.S. You're welcome to stay on if you want, or you can book out at this point. It's, uh, but you definitely should plug your show. Please talk about Dark Discussions podcast and You Know Nothing, Don Snow, if you would. Okay, that's fine. Um, uh, Dark Discussions podcast uh, and You Know Nothing, John Snow podcast are both on uh, darkdiscussions.com. Uh, you can find both of them on Stitcher and iTunes, as well as all episodes 
are on uh, darkdiscussions.com. Uh, we talk about generally uh, genre films on dark discussions and review and critique uh, the films. And then uh, John Snow is obviously, as you stated, a, a Game of Thrones podcast where we discuss each and every episode. And it's my favorite, actually. I love, love You Know Nothing John Snow podcast. I think you, got, you guys are so passionate, especially you, Phil. I mean, you love Sansa, and you love Stannis, sort of. And, you, you know, you, it, the show is hysterical, and so I highly recommend John Snow. Um, what was the last episode? You just dropped your last Killer Fish Fest episode for Dark Discussions. What movie was that? Oh, yes. Um, uh, we did a uh, month of... Uh, Five episodes on a theme, uh, and that was uh, killer fish movies. And uh, the last episode was uh, chosen by uh, co-host Mike, and it was comparing and contrasting Piranha 1978, the Roger Corman Joe Dante film, and uh, Piranha 2010. So, did you see the 3D version in the theaters? I did not. I uh, unfortunately did not pick up on the film until after it came on disc. I got to see it in the theaters for my birthday. I had a choice. It was to go see Scott Pilgrim or Piranha 3D, and I ended up in Piranha 3D because I figured that it would be the only chance to see the 3D. And boy, I, I can't imagine watching the movie without it. To be honest with you, it added quite a bit, especially the dancing ballet under the water and all that. It's beautiful, beautifully shot. So, um, but I'll, I'll listen to that show as soon as I can. Uh, so anything else we should know about? Oh, um, just uh, one other item, I guess, uh, which is um, uh, I have a, um, a collection of uh, short stories along with five other authors. Uh, it's called Pentagonal Sextet, which you can find uh, generally on any uh, online bookstore. Uh, it includes uh, six authors, five stories each, which is where we got the name. And I have uh, five uh, basically dark uh, tales in it, and along with uh, other authors, including Eric S. Brown, uh, fame of the book, Bigfoot War uh, books, and uh, Gregory L. Norris is another individual who uh, wrote numerous screenplays for Star Trek Voyager, and uh, he has five stories in it as well. But uh, folks, can just search for Pentagonal Sextet. Well, that's fabulous, Phil. And so thank you for, like, listening in on our talk. And uh, we're going to go into the community calendar. But first, I have a caller. So let's bring them on. Uh, 315 area code. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Hey, how's it going? Who is this, may I ask? Uh, it's Ron Bonk. He asked me to call in around 10. Oh, Ron. Hi. Yes, Ron. <laughs> uh, we are, matter of fact, Good timing, because we're just about to start the community calendar, so let me grab my grab bag. Are you guys ready for this? Sexy wings, here we go. Okay. I got to go get... All right. It's a pretty heavy bag tonight. Really heavy bag tonight. I decided to do this in chronological order, but save one. Mr. Ron Bark here is is the. Well, how are you related to SRS Cinema, sir? Uh, well, I'm the guy who runs it. I guess you could say. Yeah, 
<laughs> okay, so he, uh, I first of all want to thank you, sir, because you've been a great supporter of myself. I know you've been tr- you troll my pages, and you've been a supporter of the show. So I wanted to make sure I plugged your movie tonight because I knew it was oh, on well, my thank list. You. So I appreciate so it. So I want. So we're going to jump out of order just for a second and talk about his screening, if I can actually find where it is, because I've been sick and, you know, things are all messed up tonight. <laughs> no <laughs> so uh, um, it's in Phillipsburg. I know it's in Phillipsburg, New, De- New Jersey, at the, um, at the um, Spin Me Round, which um, J.K. Yep. Lahore Happens radio show. He's a, he's a frequent caller on the show and a, and a supporter, and I go on his show sometimes. And he's been doing these screenings, and this time – he is hosting She Kills, which is yep. uh, brought to you by you, sir, Ron Buck. So what is She Kills, and why should we support it? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a uh, it's a homage <laughs> to the uh, Grindhouse and the drive-in movies of the 70s. Mostly there's some other um, there's some homages that extend um, you know, into the 80s and beyond, uh, but basically there's a, there's a reason for that. But by and large, it's just sort of this, you know, uh, exploitation uh comedy horror movie it's real crazy a lot over the top stuff a lot over the top gore humor uh if if you like those types of movies then i think you'll definitely dig it it's uh i don't know if you're a fan of like other homages like black dynamite um or uh, uh i'm trying to think of some other homages that were grindhouse homage or even just the grindhouse movie you know then i think you'll dig it Oh, and why should you watch it? Because yeah. I guess you're supporting a, to support indie cinema. To if if you're if you like to watch you know stuff that's different that's not um, you know made by the Hollywood machine. And I'm not bashing the Hollywood machine. I can enjoy a Hollywood movie, but sometimes I you know often I need something different, and I like to I like to watch movies that are unpredictable uh they don't follow any sort of set formula they you know the underground will tell movies you know like you will find nowhere else and uh, so if you like those types of movies you know definitely support she kills so i can keep making more of them and we, we definitely want to support you ron and of course we want to always support jk's special screenings of independent films and shorts because yeah, he Jay's tends great. to have pulse on. Jay's great. He's passionate. The guy never stops working on it. He's always, if he's not w- with his wife, he's thinking about horror. It's one or the other. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we we're, we're really, really appreciate it. So that's, once again, in Phillipsburg, um, at the Phillipsburg Mall at the, um, and I lost it, the page again. <laughs> so it's Phillipsburg Mall at the, the Spin Me Round, which is a, 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 a yeah, it's a, uh, media store right sells movies and, and music Correct. and things like that and it's a free screening is it not yes it is or free is it five? yeah and it's so, yeah. free you got so nothing we, nothing we to lose like we support. just <laughs> yeah we'll watch so, it and then help us by you know posting about it so so yeah it's so a free go see a free film she kills and thank you ron ron we're going to continue with the community calendar you're welcome to stay on and listen in or you can uh, book out either one, but um, do you have any other screenings besides this one coming up? Uh, I do. We have a Scarecon at the uh, end of September. Uh, it's in Verona, New York, at the Turning Stone Casino. So, She Kills and two other movies that I produced uh, or had a you know uh, extra hand in um, Night of Something Strange and Empire State of the Dead. So it's a great convention. They have a lot of great horror guests. Um, uh, tons of people. It was like five, six thousand people go to it. We have all these different film festival uh, uh, movies that we're showing, and some special selections as well from the underground. So, 
So if you can get out there and check out She Kills again or for the first time, you could also see a ton of other great flicks. And ScareCon is in Verona, New York, and we have uh, yep. a little bit of association with them. They have invited us to cover the show as press. I don't know if we're going to be in oh, make great. it because I just – I found out, unfortunately, though, something's pulling me towards L.A., and that might be the weekend oh. I go. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, the sexy lady doing the dance at the – uh, you know, uh, well, uh, you know, my girl, the mistress of the dark is playing at not scary farm. And oh. There's some, some things I can't talk about on the show yet. So just fingers crossed. Totally all right. Hey, yeah. Uh, either way, <laughs> so, I think it's a win-win for you. So. Yeah, it is. So, uh, so we, we may cover Scarecon. I still might have them come on the show on the next episode for the community calendar. They'd be the only thing on the community calendar is Scarecon for in New York. So go see oh, sure. yeah. my boy, uh, Ron Buck and, uh, enjoy and, and enjoy a movie and enjoy several movies. And there's a Franken, uh, there's a Franken hooker panel there. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Dark Discussions podcast also covered the the new uh, the other the New England version of Scarecon, so they were up there. So we, mm-hmm. we love Scarecon because they're small and they like to support local podcasters. So they sure and, do, and yeah. you as well. So yeah, we're Jay's going to be there as well. So yeah, Jay's going to be. I mean, it's going to be there. Um, if, I'm trying to get Bonnie, our one of our correspondents, to go, but she might already have plans for Cinema Wasteland. So it ended up being like that weekend yeah. super, super crazy. Uh, so, but awesome. And we're flattered nonetheless that they offered us the press passes to go up there. So well, thank maybe you, next Ron. time, if not this time. So. And yeah, thank you. No, I appreciate thank you, it. No problem. So that was Ron Bach. We're going to let you go now, sir. And okay. thank you for being on air with us in the sexy witches, but you're welcome to listen in if you want. We've got a huge amount of calendars to go through. So, um, and uh, so I keep plugging Wizard World. Not that I'm really a fan of Wizard World. I actually think Wizard World, like we've talked about it on the show, and they have some big issues with their with their programming. Um, first of all, they have huge amount of people, like huge headliners, and I know it must cost them an amount of money because trying to actually get a autograph from these guys is like like you can afford one and that's it. So. Wizard World Richmond, because obviously Richmond, Virginia has been having a theme in our, our show tonight. Um, okay, so guess, ladies and gentlemen, sexy witches, guess who the headliner Wizard World Richmond is? You'll never guess. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think I, I know. I will tell you. Unless, it's not unless horror. It's what? It's not horror. Matter of fact, it's not, not horror. even a film. It's not a film star, actually, at all. Really? Oh, yes. wait, okay. I think I remember. It's Gene Simmons. Yes, Gene right? Simmons is on the lineup. That's not who I was mentioning, but Gene Simmons, yes, he's one of the headliners, as well as Nichelle Nichols and Sam George, uh, Jones of Flash Gordon and the Dukes of Hazard reading is happening. But their headlining star, get this, and I'm sure they didn't know it was going to be a controversy when they booked him because they know they booked these things months in the back. Ryan Lochte, the gold medal oh. is the headliner. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's wow. such a um, terrible choice. Kidding me. Oh my god. And you know, it was like crazy because like, you know, it's when they when they announced it, of course, it was right after the whole incident with peeing in the alleyway and breaking the sign and all that. So here we are with poor uh, I'm sure they didn't realize it at the time. 
that it was going to be such a controversial choice, but he's still on. The, he's still the headliner of Wizard World, Virginia. I hope it doesn't break that convention. So we'll see what happens with Ryan Lochte. It's too bad because you see, I actually, even though he is a bro, don't get me wrong, Ryan Lochte is a bro. He's a jock. He was actually always one of my favorite swimmers because, uh, you know, imagine being the number two to Michael Phelps all the friggin' time. That has to be crazy. And he is as good in, 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 in some of his events as Michael Phelps, but Michael Phelps is always often a little bit better. Uh, so if you want to see Ryan Lochte, please don't get mad at him. I mean, he's just a stupid kid, and I'm sure it, all he had to do was just own up and be honest, and none of this would have blown out of proportion. And Well, he's but, not a uh, kid. He's 32. Yeah, only 32. But, you know, how many guys on, on my listening, on, on my listeners here, especially horror geeks, have had a little bit too much to drink and then gone to a place and peed on something that they probably shouldn't have? It happens. And, you know, and oh, definitely. The line, the line about it is what made it really bad. <laughs> you know, because I guarantee you, like my husband once. Okay, I don't know. I can't even tell you the story. We went to a New Year's uh, concert uh, with the Melvins and Mr. Bungle and Primus in San Francisco at the Civic Center, and it was raining, pouring down rain, and we had to walk an extra block because the um, the Bart tra- station was completely filled with people waiting in line. So we said, might as well walk. The, to the next station and get on there and my husband because he had too many of those like ecstasy drinks they used to have these vitamin drinks that you would drink uh and it was all they were selling even though we were on anything like that <clears throat> and he drank two of them he ended up having going to the bathroom and he peed it on a federal building <laughs> yeah and what was funny about it is that he only peed on a federal building um when we pulled back and realized he peed on the federal building the guard was right there in front of him. We're like, ah! And luckily, it was like New Year's. And uh, so they ended up not going after us. But that was, and that wasn't even the weirdest thing that happened on that walk. That walk was probably one of the most bizarre walks. I was offered cocaine on that walk. Some guy that was like an amputee threatened to kick my ass. Uh, you know, uh, it, was, it was it was one of those adventures that you can only have in San Francisco. So, yeah, uh, well, I uh, adventures happen. <laughs> oh man! Oh, and we have our own adventure to talk about, Aaron. But we're going to save that for the end of the show. Yes, I did find the clip, and yes, we're going to play it tonight. So she knows what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that later. So anyway. Go support Wizard World. They're having financial trouble. It's because they book guests that are way too expensive. That's my guess. But, um, you know, Richmond deserves their own Comic-Con as well. So that's good media convention. But it keeps on going. There's, there's screenings and all sorts of stuff happening all over the United States. The next two happen also on the 9th. And they are actually my area. Uh, the Shriver's Auditorium in Baltimore is having a special screening of John Waters' female travel starring Divine. And it's hosted by the John Hopkins University Film Society, and it's five bucks. And if you've never seen female trouble, seen female trouble in John Waters at the Shriver, can't get more Baltimore than that. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and then AFI Theater, um, which is the Silver Theater, which is in Silver Spring, Maryland, not too far, they're having the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And so they're starting on the 9th, and they're showing all the Star Trek movies 
um, well, not all of them. They're showing all the original ones, Star Trek Motion Picture, Rathacon, Search for Spock, and The Voyage Home. They're the first four films in beautiful 70 millimeter. So go see that, the AFI, for the 50th anniversary yeah, the, of, the fourth, of Star Trek. I have, I have to admit, the fourth one is <laughs> guiltily my favorite because I love watching Spock try to cuss. Are you kidding? The whales one is my favorite. I was like, partly because it takes two where I grew up, but uh, I I know they're great. It's hysterical. So, um, (laughs) so anyway, so I, I, I I, I search for Spock. So Rathacon arguably is the best of the four films, but uh, I saw all four of those films in the theaters growing up. So first run. So important movies in my life, Um, and so. We're going to keep going, but if you're not, there's also going to be a, a monster, drive-in super monster Raba um, in Riverside in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. We're always promoting local drive-in film festivals. Usually it's, uh, and it's often in Pennsylvania, but this time it's the Riverside and Vandegrift, and they're having um, two nights of horror films. And Okay, so Friday night, Horror of the Zombie, Night of the Howling Bees, House of Psychotic Women, and Curse of the Devil. And then Saturday's lineup sounds awesome. This is great. House of Dark Shadows, Night of Dark Shadows, The House of Drip Blood, and The Bat People. So uh, all in 35 millimeter. Um, definitely of the two nights, Saturday all the way. I mean, you, got, you get two Dark Shadow movies. The Bat People, I love Bat People. It's such a cheesy vault film. Uh, so, and they're doing, if you don't want to see m- m- older films, they're actually doing an independent showcase, too, on the 16th. So if you want to go see an independent horror film uh, at a drive-in theater, that's a good time to go, September 16th. Um, and it, wait, there's more. Pennsylvania just keeps on going. Anthony Wayne Theater in Wayne, Pennsylvania, Real Cinemas, which we're a huge fan of here on Sexy Witches, are presenting at the, uh, with Wild Eye releasing Shark Exorcist, a demonic, a demonic nun summons the devil to possess a shark. Director Donald Farmer. That is the entire bio on, this, on the website. That's it. It's a description. Synopsis. One line, oh, a demonic nun summons the devil to possess a shark. But then again, do you really need anything else? So, no, not really. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not really. So, you know, so, you know, so go see Shark Exorcist on the 9th if you want to. Um, now, we're going to go all the way to L.A. on the 9th also. This is theater in L.A. It's on the edge of Hollywood. It's one of my favorite theaters in the United States. It's what, I have a lot of personal feelings about that theater. It was the first theater that I saw digital sound in, and it happened to be Jurassic Park. And it's an old, gorgeous movie palace. It's one of my favorites. Like I said, it's a gorgeous venue. And they're having a midnight screening on the ninth uh, 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 anniversary screen of The Rocketeer, which also happens to be the movie that my husband and I had as our first date. So there's a lot of sentimental stuff going on here. Um, It's posted by Nerds Like Us, and um, they're going to take over the Vista Theater for the night. And... uh, uh, it's it and and they're saying that the Vista Theater is the last theater in LA to show art house movies, which really makes me sad. Um, they're bringing back 80s and 90s classics, and uh, so go see the Rocketeer and its anniversary screening. I, I actually, like I said, it's not a great film, but I have a lot of sentimentality towards the Rocketeer because it was. And they're encouraging people, by the way, to come in costume, so it doesn't have to be. Uh, Rocketeer, but they want people to dress up and be nerds. So, if you want to nerd it up, then go to the Vista Theater on the 9th. So, 
And, oh, Queenie, this one's for you. I don't Ooh. know if you're going to go, but um, Portland's got some you know, on the menu tonight. Uh, Rose City Comic Con in Portland, Oregon. Uh, do you know Ooh. who the headliner is this year? No. It's pretty good. John Berthnow, who is now the Punisher, right? And Stan Lee, Billy Boyd, um, Jim Cummings, the voice actor, who, of course, is winning the Pooh. Um, John and Joan Cos- uh, Cusack, um, Denise Crosby from Star Trek uh, Next Generation, Phil Lamar, who I someday hope, he's actually on my new number one on my Sexy Wish interview list, by the way. Uh, so, um, um, Peter Mayhew, uh, who's Chewie, of course, John Hedder, um, the original Red and Blue Rangers, uh, Mignal Wen, and lots of other cosplay <laughs> voice actors and comic book insiders. So, Rose City sounds very good this year, and uh, Portland is smaller, usually a smaller Comic Con, but they know how to throw it up. So, uh, you know, we're, we're cool with that. Believe me, guys. Yeah. Portland knows how to party. Portland does not have a party. Even if it is very white, it still knows how to party. <laughs> so, uh, now, going, now, let's get on our plane and go back to the other side of the world, and you've got. The Warriors. Oh, yeah. The Warriors. You know, the movie Warriors come out and play. Last year for their anniversary, they had the Warriors Festival 2 in Coney Island. Um, This year they're doing it again. Um, So the cast is coming back one more time. This time, this time, Walter Hill, the director, oh, my God, and executive producer uh, Lawrence Gordon will be heading the festival. So, um, you know, big deal. Oh, my God. Be able to meet Walter Hill. Hell to the yes. So, uh, so that's in Coney Island on 9:15, the Warriors Festival too. So, and then, Aaron, this one's for you. 9:16 yeah. in Rockville, Maryland. Your friends are going to what? Oh, uh, inter- intervention. Intervention. That's right. That's right. Yes. yes. Intervention. Like seriously, intervention. it sounds like somewhere in Alcoholics would go, right? Intervention gone. <laughs> <laughs> It does, but, it yes. does, Intervention. Uh, intervention <laughs> is in Rockville, which is my neck of the woods here. Um, but her friends are going, and they want her to go with him. So but we might be, she, um, So she might come back down. She was just down, actually, here for Labor Day. Um, the headliners are Arthur Darville, who plays Rory on Doctor Who and is also in Legends of Tomorrow, which I haven't seen yet, um, which is actually a show I should be watching. Uh, Renee, uh, oh, American Gods. We were talking about Fall Previous. American Gods is a show I'm looking for. <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's Gaiman. right. The, the Neil Gaiman. Yes. Yeah, that's coming out sometime in the next year, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, continuing on, Renee Aubenois, who plays Odo on Deep Space Nine, of course. Juliet Landau, who is Drusilla on, on Buffy. Buffy the Thomas Dolby, the musician, which is awesome. I can't believe Yeah, Thomas that Dolby one is actually list. interesting. Yeah, no, I would love to meet Thomas Dolby, absolutely. Uh, Gigi Edley, uh, Farscape, White Schultz, uh, who's Holly Mad Murdoch on the A-Team. Uh, Todd Haberkorn, who played, is a voice actor for Spock in Star Trek. Um, John St. John, the voice actor of Duke Nukem, of all people. Uh, Robert Axelrod, who, is in my, who played Lord Zed in My Warfare Power Rangers, and Peter Abrams who is a uh, freelance comic. So those are the uh, there's short but sweet list of the people going to be at Intervention. Intervention really is a science fiction and fantasy um, 
type uh, convention. So that's in Rockville, Maryland, which is another very white place to live. Uh, so, um, and continue onwards. Now, uh, uh, Aaron here was just at Italian Splatterfest. And yes, uh, over the weekend, she came and visited me, and then she went up to Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, to see uh, the five, uh, the annual Splatterfest. This year was a very much a cloud-freezing type, mainstream-type lineup. You had Troll 2, and you had Cemetery Mad, and they had one film called Pieces, which is about to repeat at 916 at the Retro Picture Show in Huntington, New York. They're having actually a double feature, Sleepaway Cat and Pieces. And so please, Aaron, tell people about Pieces now that you've seen it, because I plug Pieces on the show <laughs> all the time. Tell pieces them is totally fun. It, it, is, it is just filled with fun. It reminds me a lot of student bodies, only I don't, I don't know if it's intentionally meant to be as campy as it is, but it's hysterical. It's got the guy who played Bluto in Popeye, like the Robin Williams version. And there was one point where he comes out of this doorway and all, I just couldn't help myself. So I just started singing. I was like, I mean, I mean. <laughs> but, um, I mean, totally beautiful movie. Uh, the gore scenes are great. I mean, there's there's some, some good deaths. Some, I mean, just hysterical Scenes, especially when you've got like orderlies who bag up like one arm and look at it a lot, and then like the rest of the pieces are like in a one uh, like one whole bag together, <laughs> and it's like yeah okay that totally makes sense. So it's just filled with a lot of fun stuff. Um, there was a bunch of movies that of course were crowd pleasing. Cemetery Man is one of my favorites, and for some reason. I was so concerned with, like, the sex scenes and the, the breasts and, and all the other stuff that I was enamored with the first time I saw the movie that I completely forgot about the character Snoggy, like the, the fat little man who's just adorably funny in the cemetery. He just reminds me of, like, Curly from Three Stooges. And I was like, holy shit, I forgot about his character completely. Um, it was just an amazing lineup it was so good and i made it all the way through this time so i was quite proud of myself it, the whole night ended with zombie the Fulci classic and you know which uh if you've never it's my third favorite horror film of all time so italian splatterfest was great and if you miss pieces you can see it again in huntington new york along with sleepaway camp which has one of the most famous twist endings in any slasher film in history so uh moving on you got Gibson and Steel great Illinois. characters. We got, oh well, the whole the Sleepaway Camp is one of the few horror films that actually has a, a little bit, a teeny bit of character development going on. So uh, it's it's one of the better ones, and I'm not a huge fan of slasher. So um, now, if you want to see a bunch of great horror films, uh, the Higher Harvest Moon Fright Fest uh, in Gibson City, Illinois, is going to happen on the 16th. It's a fifth anniversary, and it's a pre-Halloween celebration, so they sell nothing but Halloween-type monster movies. And um, they're going to deck it out with spooky decorations, um, two full weekends. So it's not only the 16th and the 17th, but their lineup also continues on the 23rd and 24th. So go see some scary films in Chicago, and Chicago is always known for great, great uh, film festival. So uh, that's the Harvest Moon Fright Fest in Gibson City. 
No, we got to bring it back to our local area. A year ago on this episode, wow, I've, you know, a year ago we had the folks Red Bane Army, who is the go-to haunted house guys at Scares It Cares, and so Kitty Barnes and all of them. Uh, they are finally, but, uh, at the time, they were looking for a permanent home for their walkthrough. Well, they have one now, and they are officially gonna sell, uh, going to have auditions. So open auditions for the Red Bane Army. So, uh, and that is, what is that? I'll make sure I get, that is going to be on the 17th, 11 to 1. And uh, that's in Virginia. I'm not exactly sure more, but their phone, if you want info, their phone number is 804-829-3327. Info at redbanehaunt.com. So go, go if you want to be all scary actors within, and it's Ashland, Virginia, by the way. It's not even that far from Aaron. Uh, if you want to go and be part of an up-and-coming, extremely talented haunt group, uh, Red Bane Army, go to their open audition. Scare actors, they need as many as they can get, and they're a lot of fun. And they also need makeup artists and technicians, too. So if you have any talents and you like Halloween, that's the place to be. So... Now, we're going to bring it back here to the 917. Obviously, we've been on this, can, like, Can icon. I have something? Can I say something real yeah, quick? go ahead. I just checked Facebook real quick, and I totally forgot about something. They surprised, they supply, they surprised us uh, people of shameless uh, watchers on Showtime. It usually starts in January. They actually are premiering in October now. They're They're premiering their seventh season in October, so that is another fall one that we get ahead of time instead of pushing back a schedule like they're fucking us with uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones on HBO. Well, you know, so Game shameless. of Thrones, winter, they, winter, Game of Thrones got delayed twice. Once they pushed it to the summer, but they also had, uh, winter actually, like, w- delayed their filming. Either they needed winter or there wasn't enough winter. I, I don't exactly know, but winter definitely got in the way of Game of Thrones. And I think that's completely appropriate, don't you? <laughs> so, uh, Absolutely, because um, winter's always yeah. coming. Now, uh, obviously, we've been big fan of Scary Clowns on the Sexy Witches right now with my Halloween horror movie, Marathon Madness. Uh, so 917, we had, uh, recently we had a former uh, musician uh, and a comic book artist, Dean Ray, he's a self-proclaimed juggalo, he's on The Gathering, and we were talking about the FBI's case against the um, uh, ICP and their fans, saying that they're organized crime, and Violent J has been trying to sue the FBI to get themselves off that list, because even on the FBI website, it says 80% of juggalos are music fans, but 10, or 10 to 15% are organized crime, which is like, wow, you know what? 10 or 15% of the population is gay. I mean, you know what I'm saying? 10% is, is a, like hasty generalizations. You know what I'm saying? For such a large group of people, you know, you're going to find minority groups of all types in any type of fandom. And so they are actually doing on here in D.C. the Million Juggalo March scheduled for the 16th, which I believe is a Friday, right? Or in uh, the 17th, there's some stuff happening. But the 16th, the march will begin at the Lincoln Memorial, head down Constitution Avenue, and end at the Washington Monument. Uh, so it's not a very long walk. I guess jugglers can't walk very far. It's only about two miles. Not even that. It's not even two miles. It's really short walk. But it'll be interesting to see the clown love in downtown D.C., and I'm planning to head down and take pictures Violent Shay says we are going to explain to the world who the fuck we are. 
and they're going to show have a free concert at the Hulu Live in Bristol, Virginia, and a picnic afterwards. So I actually want to go because I believe I, I think it's exciting to see the Juggalos engaging in the civil process. Because Americans tend to bitch about the civil process and the civics, but they don't actually engage in it. And here it is, a group that's considered outlaws and fringe are actually marching and, 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 using, and, and, and using their constitutional rights to gather to, to push their cause. And I give them a lot of credit for that. So no matter what you think about saying Clown Posse and the Juggalos, I don't think they should. They deserve to be on the on the uh, on the FBI's list like that, and they definitely don't. And the Supreme Court has decreed to hear their case, so we'll see what happens. So, good luck to them. So, I, um, and if you don't want to like deal with real issues, how about some fictional ones? Uh, do you guys know who the Mothman is? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the Mothman, who is in Point, uh, is in the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is a scary story. There has been some movies. I think the Mothman prophecies was one of them. Uh, exactly, because that's, that's like in my neck of the woods. That's of course something I know. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a cryptozoological character like Bigfoot or Loch Ness monster. Um, they're having their 15th annual Mothman festival. And this, and this is also happens to be the 50 years of the Mothman uh, mythos. So 50 years of Mothman is the 15th anniversary. There's going to be musical guests, and speakers, special appearances, food of sorts. Um, there's going to be tours of the area where his sightings were. Um, there's going to be tons of paranormal professionals there to talk about uh, cryptozoology and ghosts. And that's all free. Free of charge, folks, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So, Mothman Festival. So, definitely one of the top choices on my calendar tonight is to go to the Mothman Festival. And if you want to keep it, and so if you want to keep it a little bit more on the Comic Con convention, there is an anime convention happening the same day on the 17th in Philadelphia. The J1 Con, it's a big anime festival, and it's all going to be heavy voice actors and cosplayers. So um, we got a couple more things. Is there anything before I move on that you guys want to mention, like anything that I missed? Because we're not going to do DVDs or theatrical tonight. So this would be a good time to do it. No? Very quiet. Silence. Quiet, you guys there? Silence is deadly. Dead air. Dead air. We don't like dead air. So fine, I'll keep going then. What do you know? So I only have two more entries left, or three more entries left, actually. Uh, In Union, New Jersey, they've been doing for a while at Cafe Z Grindhouse Nights. And so once again, we have our Grindhouse Nights annual on the 17th. And it's come join us for day films with indie films, musical performances, costume entertainers, and a chat to mix and mingle with the best that indie film community has to offer. Don't forget, there's also the gorgeous... Grindhouse girls, so we got some burlesque girls there too. Uh, we'll be on hand to pose for pics. So that's in New Jersey. And then two more, last but not least, and this is in my area. The AFI Silver again on the 18th is having a special 70 millimeter uh, uh, release of 2001: A Space Act, uh, Odyssey with Carol Julia and Gary Lockwood in attendance, so the stars in the movie. Um, okay, I'm gonna say this about. 2001 Space Odyssey. I'm a huge Kubrick fan, and I knew every Kubrick movie pretty well. That was the only one I didn't like for years. Yeah. I didn't like it. And I was like, why didn't I like it? Then I went to go see it in the theaters. 
and they did a special anniversary release where they did – uh, it used to be an event to go see 2001. There's an overture and an intra-octa in the middle. And there's an intermission. You actually need an intermission to watch the 2001. And then I saw it, and it changed my view completely on the movie to see it on the big screen. The TV drains the life out of 2001 Space Odyssey. So if you've never actually liked the film or never seen it, don't watch it on TV. It sucks. Go see it in the theater, and it'll change your – it'll blow your mind. It really did blow my mind going to see it in the theater. So, And the AFI is one of the best theaters in the country when it comes to projection. So I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty spectacular event. So that's 918. And last but not least, here in Annapolis, the predecessor to Awesome Con, Annapolis Comic Con is starting and we have a small, we have a small but significant little comic con. It's produced by Third Eye Comics, and um, uh, here in here in the area, which, as Aaron can tell you, is one of the best little comic book stores in the area. And um, it is absolutely. And so, so Annapolis Comic Con is actually one of the better awesome. ones I've ever been in. I, it really is. I, I I actually say there's like two of my favorite comic book stores in the country. One's in Annapolis. I can't believe I live so close to it. The other one is actually in Queenie's neck of the wood, and I keep trying to get her to go. In Pike's Place Market, in uh, in the lower levels, there is Golden Age Comics, which is the uh, – uh, or Golden Age Collectibles, sorry, which is – it is such a great location and a great little comic book store. So I highly recommend it. So, Queenie, you got to go. And it's free because it's window shopping. So <laughs> you should go check it out. They outgrow their space. You can, you know, you're getting to them when you see all the standees everywhere. Like, where are all these standees? And you're like, oh, there's a comic book store in here. So it's very cool. So Golden Age Collectibles, but Naples Comic Con is here, and you should go. So that's it. I am done with the calendar. I have no other things tonight, and I'm sick, so I'm going to go crash pretty soon. Um, once again, next episode is September 20th. And that will be the rule read and post for the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness. So I'll go. I'll be reading the rules to the madness on air with with Queenie Todd, who is my co-host this year. Which she's been co-host now for two years because her team, the team winner, always gets to help uh, get the first look and helps develop the rules before everybody else does on my uh, committee. There's a small committee of judges every year that puts our our group together and. Um, so we will be posting those rules. We'll read them live. And then afterwards, go to the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness group page. If you're not part of it, join it soon. And um, I will post the rules. Click on the link for the rules and comment on the rules. I'm in. I'm madness or whatever you want to say, as long as you know that you're in. Uh, we're going to take about 35 to 40 people this year for the contest. So that's pretty good list. We have five teams and two alternate teams. Now, counting my alternate team. So we actually have three alternate teams this year. Um, so five teams plus three alternates. Uh, and, uh, you know, and we have great, neat team names. And once again, the theme is uh, fear, uh, uh, Circus of Colorophobes, which is the scary clowns and dark carnivals. So we're going to talk about all those twisted childhood memories that you don't want to think about. Uh, so um, that's all coming up. Uh, Aaron, before we leave, and I play my outro music tonight, I wanted to talk about you coming down Labor Day. Do you want to talk about our very famous uh, four-in-the-morning uh, IHOP stop? Why are you always lying? Lying. <laughs> so, 
So Queenie, okay, I'll I'll tell the story then. Um, Queenie, we she comes yes. and visits, right? And we go to my friend's house, Alex's, and we we were having you know drinks and stuff and watching movies and playing trivia or whatever. I got really good really hungry. Yeah, oh, it was fine. It was four in the morning, and I was really, really fucking hungry. So everyone agreed to go to the IHOP and get some food because it's literally the only thing open in fucking Silver Spring. There is nothing open in Silver Spring. And, Tiniest uh, little so IHOP, there. like barely elbow room. It's always open. You can always depend on IHOP. It's tiny, tiny IHOP. And there was this, uh, obviously, at uh, the end of a double date, the t- uh, two African-American couples in the in the table across from us and, you know, they're being noisy, but good noisy. They're happy. And the one guy in this all-white, like, super tight suit comes up to me and go, starts talking to us. I don't know. We think he might. It, it starts out with, with the Redskins. That's how it started. It was yeah, like, he was asking us, you like Redskins. <laughs> and it was oh, like, geez. yeah. And then, then he, like, bows his head to pray. He's like, moment of silence. Moment of silence, please. <laughs> yeah, because he was a Dallas fan. So he wasn't a Redskins <laughs> fan. But uh, so – so he, he starts going, and then he starts telling us about this song, Why You Always Lying. And he got my friend Alex, who, you know, we talk about this, goes, skinny white boy. I'm like, like us about as skinny as white as he can. Now, honestly, Alex knows about much about hip-hop as any person that studies it. And, you know, he, he knows a lot. But he was playing along oh, yeah. and was, like, and pretending like he was a stupid. And so he's, he's like, we're just like, Alex was like, you're totally taking, uh, he said, you're completely taking advantage of my CRD, man. And he's like, what are you talking about? He said, Caucasian rhythm deficiency. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, so we're cracking up. And so he goes, but the song is real. And he grabs his smartphone and plays the song. Why are you always lying? And next thing you know, we all are singing it. And so I ended up looking it up, and it turns out it's a cover. Of, of a group called Next, and the song is called Too Close. But the cover that he was showing us, get this, 19 million views. 19 Whoa. million. And it's only a year old. It posted it, it posted a, a year ago next week. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I knew about I, it from my kids because they used to sing and stuff. And, like, by the time he started showing the video, <laughs> Paul freaking lost it. Like, he had tears running down his eyes. Oh, my God. Like, my husband was just out of it. He was just like, uh-uh. And I'm just sitting there going, okay. And it, the guy embarrassed his date so much, she got up and left. She left him. Like, she, she left Like, him. we all like, thought she went to the bathroom. And, oh. like, ten minutes later, nope, she left his ass. She left. She left his ass. Uh, it, it was so funny. And, and, and so he, she texted him, I'm in the shower. You can come over. You can't. It's up to you, I kind of thing. So so we not only did we have this guy that was, like, it was absolutely the most surreal thing. So I found the clip, and I'm going to play it tonight, Queenie. So um, I want to thank you, Queenie, for coming on the show tonight. It was fun to talk about burlesque and burlesque. And, and we want to also, once again, oh, thank Foxy. Oh, and, and Moxie LaBloche and Cherie Sweet Bottom, thank you for being on the show. Don't forget to find the Burlesque is Coming Tour. Last last date is on the 25th at the Auto Bar in Baltimore. I am there with Bells on. And uh, you also have uh, Naked Girls Reading once a month. That's where Cherie Sweet Bottom uh, in, in D.C. And they have lots of other – they have their regular burlesque shows in Richmond, Virginia. So Richmond, Virginia tends to be a hotbed. 
for burlesque. So who would know? Richmond and Baltimore both have a very, very strong burlesque community. So thank you for being on the show. We also want to thank Phil Perone of Dark Discussions Podcast for being on the show as a guest host and uh, Ron Bach for coming on for a few minutes during the calendar and promoting his his movie, uh, She Kills, at the um, – at the screening in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. So once again, thank you all for coming on the show. And next show will be that 20th show where we read about the madness. And uh, we are going to leave with uh, Why You Always Lying by, I don't even know the guy's name, but we're going to play it. It's bad. It's bad. But we're going to play it anyways because we love it. And so if I can help you find it because I don't know. So anyway, guys, have a good evening. Blessed now. Uh, uh, good Phil Hunting and Blessed Be. Thank you blessed for listening. Be. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God, stop fucking lying. Always lying to me. You lying so much. You making it hard for me. Every time you tell me something, I figure that you're lying. Ooh, it's almost like faking. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know you're lying, but you sound excited, and you know that I know that you're lying. Oh, girl. Cue, cue the rain. Uh, I got you. The rain, yeah. A, l- a little bit more. A little bit more? Yeah. I'm going to keep on lying to you.
damn. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.